only get Welcome to another episode of the Two Brothers, One Dad Dead podcast. Today on the show, Jay Bear and I are very happy to have our dad's probably favorite person, his daughter-in-law, somebody I think he wishes was his real daughter, somebody who I think he liked more than myself at least, Ellen, my wife. So just to kind of start off, can you talk about the first time you saw our dad? Yeah, it was kind of a a weird way to meet. Um, we were sitting, so we were in Tempe, Arizona, and we were sitting out with friends having drinks. At Fat Tuesdays, if I remember right. Yes. And um, we were sitting outside, and then this guy walks by, kind of far away, with some friends. And you're looking at him, and I just happened to see him like in the corner of my eye, and I was thinking like, I mean, this sounds. This is going to sound terrible, but he would probably be happy that I said this. <laughs> but <laughs> I thought it was a homeless man, and the reason I say he would probably be happy is because whenever he would come to San Francisco to visit us, he would often tell me that he thought it was very funny when people um, thought he was homeless and offered him food because he, I don't know, to him it was like a point of pride, I guess, that he could have enough money to live on and be fine and retire early but you know he chose to look the way he did and so anyway so that that night we were sitting outside and and I'm I'm looking you know I'm seeing this guy and then all of a sudden you say oh there's my dad and I just you know I didn't think it was th- that guy in question that homeless guy the homeless guy <laughs> But it was. <laughs> and I was really surprised. And you, I think you had mentioned that your dad was a character and, you know, um, but your dad was so happy that we went and said hi to him. Because I remember him saying, like, oh, son, no matter how well you're doing in life, you'll you never forget about your dad. Yeah, he even said, like, Oh, son, my heart soars like an eagle. You'll never forsake your dear old dad, no matter how crusty and homeless looking I get or something along those lines. Yeah. And I thought, you know, he looked like a very sweet man. And yeah, so that was the first time I met him. Yeah. And and speaking of appearances and all that sort of thing, I know you had told me before we started recording that... Uh, our dad was kind of surprised that you would take the bus with him. Can you just tell us about taking the bus downtown with my dad, with our dad, when when you when he came to visit? Yeah. So when he would come to visit, um, he would often take the bus with me in the morning when I would go to work, and I worked downtown, and so we would be sitting on the bus together, and he would ask me, or he would he would say, "Okay, well, I'm probably going to leave you right here a few blocks before work." I'm going to leave you right here so that your um, coworkers don't see who you're walking with. And and I would say like, well, why? I, you know, you're you're coming down downtown with me. Why don't you just? You're welcome to walk me to my work. And he said, oh, you know, 
That's really sweet. You're not you're not embarrassed by the way I look. I mean, I wasn't. I just you know that's who your dad was, and you just I think with Bill you just learned to accept him the way he was, or you didn't. But you know. Yeah. yeah. And before I ask you, I'd actually love to get Jay Bear's take on this. Jay Bear, why do you think Dad was almost like proud of being mistaken for a homeless person? I think a lot of it has to do with what Olan was saying. Just how he was doing so well for himself. And that he, that people sort of, based on his looks, they sort of assumed who he was. And he was just proud, like knowing they're like, yeah, you can judge me all you want, but little do you know that I retired at, what was it, 50 or whatever. 52, I think. I think, I think it was more like 50, but yeah. So wow. Yeah, and, you know, can live on my own and, you know, was basically independent. Like, wasn't living like a totally lavish lifestyle, but. I also think that part of it was that your dad was so concerned about, you know, like he would always call his bougie. Which would make us laugh because at the time we were living in a junior one bedroom in San Francisco that we could barely afford. And we ended up, you know, like at the time we didn't even have a a dining room table. And I would tell Josh, like, I don't think we can qualify as bougie until we we actually have a place where we can have like a sit down meal. (laughs) But I think to so to but to that point, like I think your dad was really proud. Like I think you're right that he, not that he was tricking people, but that he was he was smart enough to be able to live on what he had and retire at fifty. Mm-hmm. And but he didn't conform to what society was telling him to do. That right, just- which has kind of been the story of his life all along. Right, and that was just like the ultimate manifest of it i guess yeah so at this point alan did he ever try to talk to you about politics or any like of his activism work that he was doing your dad and i talked a lot about politics because i think even at the beginning no i don't remember but i felt like it was pretty early on that he started talking about politics because i remember he would he would ask me about you know, politics in France and, and, you know, I have to say, like, we, we agreed on a lot of things. Hmm. Not that I, I'm not an anarchist or, you know, against the government or anything, but, um, but we seem to have like the same, I think when it came to like social justice, human Mm -hmm. rights, like things like that, like we really were on the same Wavelength. Wavelength. And, you know, it's funny because I think maybe it was the second time you'd ever seen my dad. You were in the car. Were you in the car for this? So there was once I was driving down the street in Tempe and there were these people protesting standardized testing, which I always thought, like, what is your problem? Now, I'm not saying I agree with those people, but it is a more nuanced thing than I thought it was. So these people are are protesting standardized testing and I roll down my window and I'm usually not the kind of person who to yell at people but I rolled No, you had me roll down my window. Oh, okay. <laughs> and what did I yell? You said like go home or something. Go home or get a job or something something like that. I come home, we we come to my apartment Ellen and I 
And our friend Dave, who was a reporter, said, oh, it's great. I actually ran into your dad today for a story. He, he was they were some people were protesting standardized testing. And I had some great quotes where he talks about like, yes, well, my son, who I hope gives me a grandchild someday. <laughs> and I said, wait, he was at that protest. And he's like, yeah. And I said, oh, and I looked at a and I was like, oh, I, I guess I like cat called my own father by accident. <laughs> I know. I was already embarrassed that you had me roll down my window and then yell at the protesters, and then we find out your dad was there. Yeah. <laughs> that is um, funny. I know you've listened to a lot of these, po- you know, pretty much all these podcasts. What do you think we got right? What do you think we got wrong? And what were you surprised by? I think you guys got a lot of things right. Um, from... You know, it's funny because from listening to the the different episodes, I felt like I I knew the late life bill. And for me, like that was all I saw. He mm-hmm. was um and so I think I was surprised by how dark. Like I knew your dad had a a dark side, but I didn't realize that he like it kind of sounds like he was actually a lot more depressed than I thought he was. Yeah. And and I also didn't realize that the him not drinking could be that he like kind of had a drinking problem. Like I never really thought those things because when I saw him socially, and I mean he was, I saw your dad, you know, many many times. I mean we've been together for a long time. I I've seen him at parties, at dinners, and and I've seen him like have a drink here and there, but. So it wasn't like he wasn't drinking at all or like or heavily. I've never seen your dad drink heavily. Right. So that was a big surprise to me. Right. I think that, you know, the the way I knew him was very different from like the early life bill with, you know, the, the wild man. Yeah. That yeah. You, that you tell me about. And I, you know, I know most of the stories that you talked about on the on the different episodes, but. I didn't see any of that. Like your your dad was always very he was so nice to me. Right. And and the thing is he he was so he was mo- I mean he was my biggest fan. He really was. He like he posted all of the articles that I wrote, all of the videos that I shot, you know, like and he would encourage me so much and he would always say, you know, on every like within a minute of me posting something on Facebook, he would tell me how, you know, my heart soars like an eagle and he would call me. What did he call me? My my new daughter or my right? Because he did something like oh, that. Yeah, new yeah. He didn't call yeah, me yeah. his daughter in law. He mm-hmm. called me. He Your, called me my I, new, daughter new daughter because yeah. he said, I wish I. Yeah, he, he told me, I wish you had been my daughter. <laughs> <laughs> Which would have made things between you and Rocky J a little weird, but oh yeah, yeah. yes. And, and I, I think that you're also the side that I definitely saw of your dad was much, so much more positive and tolerant and accepting that like it's hard for me to reconcile the two different bills that you're talking about. You know. Mm. Well, I was just gonna say. I mean, it, it's definitely something I think about is that he really was a sweet, very loving man. And there's, it's almost like the stories about someone are always going to be more interesting than like the, oh, the 
time I came home from school and we watched The Simpsons together, with like hundreds of times. The time I came home from school and he's like, oh, son, you want me to make you a coffee? You know, so there's almost this like, there's this bias in any narrative. Like if you were to tell stories about me, people might think like, oh my gosh, this is a guy who just like always sleeps and does crazy stuff. Because you do. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it wouldn't get it's to true. all the day-to-day whateverness. You know, I mean, I, it's like, it's the, it's the bias of narrative is you're always going to get either the really high points or really low points. But I guess from like what I know of your dad, there, there, it wasn't, I mean, there were definitely some low points where, you know, his cleanliness like definitely got in the way. Right. Um, or lack of cleanliness, I should say. Right. Um, but otherwise it was pretty consistent throughout my like the years that I knew him because he was always supportive he was always sweet to me he never I've never seen him like get angry or we you know we disagreed on certain things but it was always like very respectful and I think he what I really liked is that he and this is when I said, you know, we agreed on a lot of like human rights and, and social social stuff is because social rights, because, you know, I loved it that he went to to protest and he looked out for people who like didn't have housing. You know, he he worried about like the well-being of people in general, not just the people in his family. Like, that's how I remember your dad. Right. Right. Well, and, and he also, I think he was really happy that we were together because he said that you kept me from going crazy. And then once I said, oh, so you're saying I'm like sane. He's like, no, I didn't say that. Or Do you remember what? what, what he, he would always say the same thing to me every time I said goodbye to him. He would always say, thank you for keeping my son sane. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, your, I mean, your dad was a, he was really sweet. Yeah. And I remember like he would go visit my mom, you know, when when um, she was by herself and he would bring her seeds. And that that was another thing is he was really happy when we when like I planted a few things on the back porch and he would send me seeds that he would find like expired seeds that he got at the dollar store or something, which I thought was really sweet. And the thing that I also remember about your dad is that every single year for Christmas, he would send us each a check for $50. And he would he started writing me one like early on. I don't remember that. Okay. And and I just I don't know. I thought it was so nice like he didn't have to do that, but he would send me like I feel like I remember that he would send me my own card. Like we would each get a card. Yeah. And I would hmm. get my like I would get his check every year with like, you know, a little note and I just thought that was really sweet of him. And when you talked about the cleanliness being a problem, I mean, because that was really the only problem that we, the only kind of friction between us and my dad, besides whatever, like I would love to razz him about, you know, him calling us bougie and he had a house and a 401k and all that stuff while I was a freelance writer. I thought that was pretty, pretty ballsy of him to to try to tell us how bougie we were. I know. It's like we're backpacking like through Southeast Asia and like living in a tiny, a, a tiny apartment and like not making that much money. And he's a homeowner 
who has two cars and is like, you know, retires early and he's calling us bougie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the, the cleanliness was definitely, I mean, it was. So how did that manifest itself? I, and it, for me, it manifested most when he was coming over to your mom's house and I would try to talk. So can you kind of explain to the listeners a little bit like how that, how that was a point of tension? Yeah. I mean, I think if you. To understand the situation, you have to understand that basically my mom and Bill were the exact opposites when it came to cleanliness. My mom is kind of, is not kind of a clean freak. She's a clean freak. She will, you know, like clean every day and everything's always perfect in her house. And and I don't mean that in a bad way. It's just that her house is always, you know, spotless. Right. And here comes Bill who's like refusing to take a shower, refusing. I mean, one time he came to visit in San Francisco and he told us when he um, got off, he, he, per, he on, on purpose, he um, didn't wash his clothes for uh, several days or several weeks, I don't know, and wore the, a dirty outfit on the Greyhound so that nobody would sit next to him. Oh and he was God. really... Yeah, and he was really happy because it worked, of course. And then he got to San Francisco, and, you know, he's telling us this, and I'm thinking, like, oh, God. I I, I mean, I, you know, I, my, our house is not spotless, but it's definitely clean. And the lack of cleanliness, like, just really, really bothered me, whether it was at my mom's house or at my house. And um, I remember one day I was doing laundry, at the laundromat down the street from us and in comes your dad and he's like oh if I had known that you were doing laundry I would have brought you my clothes and I'm thinking like oh god oh my god <laughs> I will like I, I think I want to do like a separate load but he ended up bringing them anyway yeah I was doing like a you know like a bunch of loads and so and I was thinking like I can't say no to him. Like he's my father-in-law. I'm not going to tell him like don't put my don't put your dirty clothes in the laundry, but I'm thinking like ah, oh, these clothes are so dirty. These right. were the clothes that he wore on the Greyhound. Oh yeah, right. I wanted to do like a separate load. Yeah. I don't know if that answered your question. But do you want to go back to my mom? Yeah. Well, and how that was always cuz it would always put me in a weird spot cuz I would want him to come over and your mom would want him to, and she never said anything, but still you could tell like somebody coming to a nice Christmas dinner like with just dirty clothes on it and what really bothered me about it is it just kind of felt disrespectful. Like it's one thing, okay, go you do you. But when somebody invites you into their house for a nice meal that they've worked on for like days, Put on a damn clean shirt. I'm not even asking you to wear a tux or even a button-down shirt. Just a clean, nice T-shirt maybe with a pocket. That's A-OK. Like, I was asking for so little, but he got so butthurt about it that it kind of really bothered me. I so felt it's really bad for you. I felt really, really bad for you because I remember the day we were sitting at my mom's house and she had invited a few friends over. And um, she had asked you if you wanted to invite your dad. She always invited your dad. Right. And... You called him and you had decided, okay, this time I'm going to ask him, because this is a problem every time he comes over, this time I'm going to ask him to wash his clothes and take a shower and clip his nails. Right. Because he would come over and his nails were really long. Do you remember your dad had... Oh, oh had like so gross, yeah. And he would do a lot of gardening and so he had a lot of dirt under his nails. And it wasn't just like, 
a little bit. Like, it was just really... Nasty. And it was so bad that I remember when we would invite him over for dinners, we would never have anything that we that he would put his hands into. So, like, if we were having, like... Chips. Chips or nuts. He'd have his own little bowl. He would have his own. I did that, Or we would put... Or with like shredded cheese or yeah. whatever we were having, we would always include like ha- add a, a a spoon because we knew that he wouldn't wash his hands. He, you know, like and his hands were really dirty. And so I remember the day you had to call him and you had to ask him that, and it was really really hard for you. And yeah. I felt bad. And then your dad got mad and decided not to come. He said yep. if you, he said something like, "Son, if you." don't want me to come the way I am, then I won't come at all. And I was thinking, like, you know, it's so silly to, like, here you are coming to visit. You're only here for, uh, you know, a, a week days. or something. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever it was. And he chooses not to see us because he would rather, like, hold on to his principles of, like, not bathing <laughs> You know, I don't know. It just didn't really make sense. It made me sad for for you because I I just thought it was a, like, it it wasn't that big of an ask. But I guess for him it was. Why do you think, Jay Bear, do you have any Mm -hmm. insight? I mean, I'm sure you heard about it from your side. And like, what what did you hear? And kind of more importantly, like, why do you think dad made such a big deal out of being dirty? That I don't know. Um, I still wonder about that. Like, okay, you know, I don't know even if it was necessarily like a conscious thing. I mean, I think it was on some level, but I think his whole thing was more just like accept me for who I am. Right. I just don't know how like his hygiene being so bad became part of that. Um, and yeah, but to your question, he did tell me about that and just would he called me. What did he? What did he say? He just said that, you know, he was invited to go over and have dinner with you all and that you and he built this up like it, like, you know, how dare he have the nerve and that you, Josh, asked him to. um, I forget exactly what he said, but like wear clean clothes and take a shower and that he didn't feel that was acceptable and that he wasn't going to go. As if that's the crime of the century. Yeah. Well, and I remember the conversation where he was like, son, you don't, you you do realize that um, my washing machine broke down and my water heater broke down. And, and then, and I think you felt really bad, but then you got off the phone and you were like, wait, all those things broke down years ago, you know? And like, this could, is nothing new. And there they could things, easily yeah. be... Yeah, they could be fixed. Like, And even if he didn't want to fix it, like for one occasion, he could go down to the laundromat or something. Yeah, and if memory serves, I even offered like, Dad, do you want me to get you a new washing machine? I'll get you a new mm. washing machine. Do you need a new water heater? I, you know, I can help you. You even offered to buy him a shirt because at the time, do you remember this? He had gotten two shirts, two Fruit of the Loom shirts from like the dollar store. I don't remember where it was from, but... There was a gray one and a blue one, right. something like that. And so he always wore those two. That's right, yeah. And they got so dirty at some point that you couldn't even tell what the color difference. they were. Yeah, yeah. And and you told him like, can you please just change the shirt because we had seen him right. like several days, you know, several days in a row, and he just kept wearing the same shirt. He <laughs> said, 
If you don't want to take a shower, fine. If you don't want to clip your nails, fine. But can you at least put a clean shirt on? Right. Yeah. One thing I wonder, and I'm not saying at all that like this was your responsibility to do or to ask him about, but at the time, did you ever think of talking to Bill yourself about his hygiene because he loved you so much? Like maybe he would have been more receptive or do you just feel like that would have been really awkward conversation? I felt like I I couldn't because I wasn't it wasn't my dad like it was like it was you know when you have like your in-laws over it's like it's one thing to tell your parents really difficult things it's it's already really hard but I could like I couldn't expect like Josh to like have to say something like that to my dad or to my mom like I think it was just it's mm-hmm. it's too hard. Like it's yeah. just you know. Yeah. No. I, no, I no. felt like I would be crossing the crossing a line. Of yeah. Yeah. No. I think I I I totally agree. I was just wondering like if that back then if that thought ever popped in your mind. Um. But no. Yeah. I I think you're right. And I'm just curious, Jay Bear. Like, what mm-hmm. did Dad say about Ellen? Like, from what I mean, obviously it was only good stuff. But I'm just curious as to her his perspective on her. About that issue or just in general? No, about just Ellen in general. Oh, he thought the world of Ellen. I mean, everything that you, both of you have said about how much he loved her and, you know, was her biggest man is everything he told me. Yeah, I remember it would make me like so sad because I felt like I I was very close to your dad. But that was the one thing where Mm -hmm. I could not, I I just, I, I could not agree with him. Like it was just... I, I just didn't understand why he had to make such a big deal. It just felt like not like being dirty was a choice he was making that was kind of stopping him from doing a lot of things with you guys. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And to me, like that just wasn't worth it. Like, yeah, but but I, I, I don't think he saw it that way. I think he really he took he took a lot of pride in being dirty. Mm hmm. Which is, I know sounds really weird. It became, and I could tell, like, the longer I knew him, the older he got, the more it, like, became about that. Right. Mm -hmm. It was almost like he was, not that he was doing it on purpose to, like, say, like, screw you guys. I'm going to live my life the way I want to. But it was kind of, it was kind of. I kind of. Kind of, yeah. Yeah. I don't know if I've, I'm sure, I'm not sure if I've shared with this, this with you guys recently, but. My kind of working theory is because his mom was such like was such a neat freak. And so like, I mean, she was just a very neat person. Like, you know, she was of a certain generation where you kept like a spotless house. I really think it was some kind of weird rebellion against the way he was brought up. I could be wrong, but yeah, but I have because I do think it was very conscious. Like, no, Mm -hmm. screw, screw this. Like that was his like asserting his freedom. Yeah. I guess my only question to that would be, I think you might be right, but it had to have been something else because Alain was just saying that her mom was like that and, you know, neither she nor her sister turned out like dad. So like, if it, or you just think like some people have that rebellion about it and some people don't? Or do you think, do you know what I'm getting at? I do. I, I I really don't know. It was really interesting to see my mom and your dad got along great. 
And you know, he would go visit her when we weren't there, and they would talk about gardening and flowers, and like they actually had a lot of things like in common in common that yeah. they both enjoyed. But the 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 just the different like the the dirtiness was such a big like thing in your dad's life that it was just. I don't know. To me, it was almost it was funny, like to see them because they were so such opposites. And he seemed to like like coming over to my mom's house for dinner. And yeah, no, he but he I, liked both he, your parents a lot. Yeah, and I know my dad. I mean, like my dad had a lot of like my my dad kind of admired your dad. Like he thought, like how cool that this guy has figured out a way. To retire so early, like, you know, he would always ask him about that. Like, yeah. How did you do that? Yeah. But I remember one thing. This is just an anecdote that I just remembered. He had borrowed your car for something. and My ill-fated, was... my ill-fated Honda. <laughs> yes. <Okay. laughs> the one that Jay Bear just decided to leave with the mechanics because of some reason. Okay, yes, that one. <laughs> yes, that one. And so I remember we were away somewhere. I don't remember where we were, but he borrowed your car and he brought it back to you <laughs> at my mom's house. And when we when we took it somewhere, I don't I don't remember where we were going. We got into the car and he had left a bunch of like papers and stuff. It was a mess in there. But he had left something that said Thank you for letting me borrow your bougie car. <laughs> oh, man. Wow. I just thought it was just so Bill to do that. Well, and, you know, the thing about the clean cleanliness, like what you said about it, it becoming a bigger deal as he got older, I think you're right. But then also it became a bigger deal to him, but it also became a bigger impediment because as we've kind of discussed before, he started like when he couldn't live in his own place anymore because it was so messy, then he would live with other people for a while. But they, I mean, basically everybody eventually to make a long story short, kicked him out because he was so unabashedly, it was almost like dirtiness was like his statement. It was, I think that's how he rebelled. Like that was his form of rebellion was to Mm. be dirty. But the thing is, like you said, like it, became such a big part of who he was but at the same time it just stopped him from doing all these things like if you can't live at your own house because it's so dirty and so messy and so like you know there's so much stuff in it like i mean that's a that's a problem like you're alienating so many people around you that you love and that you want to see i don't understand how you don't like stop that and like take a step back and think like okay you know what i'm gonna meet them halfway because well, especially when you're staying at somebody's, like, who are you, if you're staying with an anarchist friend who's letting you stay in their spare room, what are you rebelling against? Like, they're like-minded people who, you know, are no, like, June Cleavers or anything, but they just want to have, like, a, a hygienic, because, I mean, at a certain point, it really just comes down to, like, health. Like, it's not healthy to be super dirty and to live in trash. It's just not. So, yes, I think it was rebellion for sure, but... Like, when you're with your anarchist friends, what are you rebelling against? You guys are all on the same page. Do you have any thoughts, J-Bear? No, I mean, I trust me, I'm, I'm right there with you. I wish I knew. Um, I don't know. Maybe if a psychiatrist or something is listening, they can send us their ideas. <laughs> right in. I really don't know. 
I was thinking about like with this form of rebellion. It's kind of like what you do when you're a teenager. And I remember having this conversation with you after that like phone conversation where you had to right. ask him to clip his nails and wear a clean shirt. Where we felt like he was just being like he was acting like a kid like and like was, acting mm-hmm. out basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he it was it just seems so childish. Yeah, and your dad and everything else was so like. Mature, even keel in a way. Yeah, like he was—he really thought about things. But when it came to like being dirty, he would be like, "No, I'm going to be dirty, and you're going to like it." But then I actually wonder if we would have liked it with that of kind of like that's probably how we should have done is just act like, "Oh yeah, like no, come dirtier." One thing that I thought about was when you asked me what you got wrong and what you got right, or what surprised mm-hmm. me. Um, I. I cannot, it's hard for me to think that your dad could have ever been racist. Like, that just keeps coming back in the episodes, and every time I'm like, no, there is no way. Because knowing how I knew your dad, he he's never, he's never said anything where I thought, like, ooh, he's, you know, that, mm-hmm. that wasn't cool. That's, that's pretty racist. And so I, I'm always surprised when you guys like talk about you know some of the words he used and or mm-hmm. at some point. Yeah, and you know I mean I think that I don't know what you think, Jay Bear. I think he probably was racist casually, but I also think that he enjoyed shocking us. I think if we would have been racist with him, he might have been like, "Oh, come on, boys, don't don't talk like that." Like I think my dad just loved to shock. Like so I think. Yes, he was like default racist or casually racist, but I also wonder sometimes if he played it up because I mean, Jay Bear, he loved to embarrass us and like kind of shock us and provoke us. Like that was kind of his thing in general. Right. Right. But, you know, I still think that he was like, you know, how you call it default casual racist because I mean, he, if he, you know, he could have shocked us in other ways. You know, it didn't have to be that. Like, there had to have been some kind of seed there, I would think. You know? Like, it could have shocked us with his big red telescope or something. (laughs) Right. 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 So, what do you think... Like, what do you think that I got from Dad? And what do you think Jesse got? Like, how much... Do you see any of our dad in me? Yeah. You want to live your life how you want to live your life. And if people aren't happy about it... And you think like, oh, well, get on with, you know, you don't, you don't, I, I feel like you, you, you got that from your dad that you, you, you don't necessarily want to live the way people expect you to live. Like, hmm. and I think that you get that from your dad. Hmm. Jesse, I don't know. I don't know if you feel like that, if that's true or not. Yeah, I think I think there's some truth to that. I mean, I think your dad, if your dad like saw you today, he'd probably be like, oh, now you're super bougie. Right. <laughs> we do have, I mean, we do have a dining room table now. Well, wow. kitchen table. Wow. Kitchen table. <laughs> <laughs> but I actually think that Jay Bear got dad's like kind of like forbearance. Like, I think you're a more patient person than I am, Jay Bear. And mm. Yeah. I don't know what you think, but like I think I'm an even more impatient person than dad was for sure. I think Jesse, you get the your dad was always he, your dad really listened to people. I this might like I don't know if this surprises you, but mm. you 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 tend to like 
sit with someone and and really listen to what they have to say and have like deep conversations with them and i think that right. you're yeah i don't know i yeah. think that like jesse gets that from from your dad because he was your dad was very interested in a lot of topics and he mm -hmm. knew a lot about a lot of things but he was also very interested in hearing what people had to say and people with different experiences than him mm -hmm. yeah yeah no no i think you're right what um bad things like if any do you think we got from him Mm. Oh, that's a hard one. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think you, you like maybe you both like you you kind of have that like that rebellious streak where you're like, this is how I'm gonna live my life. If you don't like it, get out. Mm. Mm. Mm hmm. I mean, your dad was like that. Like he would. Like I remember. You know what I remember? Huh. Oh, this is really gross. But. <laughs> I remember we used to take him to this Vietnamese place on 6th Street um, that he loved. Right. It was a really cheap Vietnamese place called Toulon, and they had great food. Mm -hmm. Until one day, we went there, and as we were eating, oh. Jesse, this is really going to gross you out, but you've probably heard the story. As we were eating, we saw a little cockroach like climb up on the wall mm -hmm. next to our table. Josh and I both stopped. I remember because Xavier was visiting. We had a friend visiting, and the three of us stopped eating. We just, we couldn't, like, it just, you know. And your dad was like, what? What? This little cockroach is going to stop you from eating? I'm going to take all this food home. And, <laughs> and then, he did. But then he did. And then he made it a point to tell us every time he went there. Because I think he he really wanted to show us, like, you guys are making such a big deal about this. And I'm going to keep going there. And this is now a great place because they have cockroaches until and they he, got shut down. for. Yeah. And he told me about Oh, really? Yeah. He was like, you know, he basically was like, can you believe that these guys didn't want to eat the food just because of a cockroach? He's like, you know, they don't know, like, what is in the actual kitchens of places. He was trying what to make it. What did you say to that? I was like that. I wouldn't have eaten there either. And he just he just kind of laughed and was like, "Okay, my bougie sons." <laughs> but I felt like after that, he kept telling us, like you know, like before, like I knew he would go there because he really liked that place. He never made a big deal about it, right? But after that, it was like I'm going to tell them every single time because yeah. I think they're being ridiculous, you know. So just to close out, can you like like? Who was my dad to you? Who he was to me was he was I mean he was my father-in-law and I I loved him very much. He he would he would make me mad at times because he was so insistent on being dirty and that really got in the way. Right. But then I also remember when I think of him I remember of like you know that he was a he was a very sweet person who really cared about us and really cared about his sons and it really showed he was always there for you and he was or I while I was there at least like yeah. he and I felt like he provided you with like some sort of stability in your life some sort of crazy stability <laughs> <laughs> as crazy as that sounds but 
he really loved you guys. Right. It, was, mm-hmm. it wasn't a, you know, may not have been a conventional childhood, but he made sure that you guys were taken care of and that you were okay and that you're, you know, he li- and he listened to your dreams and like help and supported you. Uh, I, at least that's how I saw it. But, um, but yeah, he, but you know, I, I also remember like how angry it felt at times because I felt like he was being selfish or childish. And then he would completely change too. Like he would not change, like he, he was the same person, but like on our wedding day, for example, he really surprised me because he showed up wearing a suit and he actually mm-hmm. looked clean. And, you know, like, I mean, a friend of mine at the time, I remember at the wedding party we had, she came up to me and was like, who's the pirate? Because <laughs> of his eye patch. And I said, oh yeah, that's my father-in-law. <laughs> and I think people were always surprised because I don't know that I like you know, would say what a character he was. Cause to mm-hmm. me, he was just, he was Bill and that's just like, right. It's just the way he was. But like the whole eye patch thing was ridiculous to me. He would rather like, mm-hmm. he, you know, he would rather stay with this eye patch and his eye get worse than like pay for surgery. Yeah. It just feels like at a certain point, I felt like his, this idea of like rebelling against society in a way, it really caught up to him because it really, like you said, it, I think it really impeded on his life because he, you know, didn't take care of himself. He ate like, you know, way too, like, what was the salt that he would put on his food all the time? Like he added salt on everything. I'm not he sure. He had this like, I think it was like low, new, new salt or something. Is what new salt, called. like some low sodium salt yeah. or something. Yeah, and so he would always say like, oh yeah, well this is low sodium salt. And I, I was thinking like, but this doesn't need salt in the first place. And he'd be putting mm-hmm. it on like a Whopper or something. Yeah. Or something crazy. Yeah. Yeah. And so I felt like these, all these like little like forms of rebellion were really acting against him. Mm-hmm. Like just yeah. Was, mm-hmm. And that, to him, he was he was really proud of like doing those things because that's who he was, and he was Bill, and he was going to be dirty. No, I know, but I mean, he was a very loving man for sure. Yeah. He was so loving, and like I said, like he was he was my biggest fan. Like I remember when you're, you know, I remember when he passed away. I like every time I shared something that I had written or that I shot, like I. You know, like I got like emotional because I knew that like when he was here, he would have been the first one to tell me how proud he was for sure of me. Mm. And he, and I really, I like that. Yeah, it just makes me sad, like that he. Mm-hmm. But you know, also I think what makes me sad is that he, because he chose to live his life the way he did. He's not around for all the other good stuff. And and I wish he was. I wish he was still here. And I wish he could see, like, all our kids grow up and just... Mm-hmm. And that makes me really sad that he missed out on that, you know? Yeah. I wish I could tell him, like, you know what, Bill? Stop, be, stop acting like a child. Mm-hmm. Take care of yourself so you can, you can, like... Be here. Be here. Just be here. That's all we want, you know. Yeah. That's all we want. Yeah. Like that's all we wanted. We wanted him to be around us and right. spend time with us. And 
So that, that, I think that made me really mad when he passed away. Like, yeah. just, mm-hmm. I wish I could have told him that. And maybe, like you said, Jesse, like maybe I should have. Like, oh, I wasn't saying you should have. I was just asking if it ever thought to, if it ever like occurred to you that you like, like, oh, should I? You know what I mean? I'm not at all trying to say like, oh, you should have talked to him. I did. I feel like we had this conversation when you before really? you called him that one time. Yeah. Yeah. And with Josh and I, and we decided that it would make like it would be easier if you said it to him because he would right. be really embarrassed if I had uh, to tell him that and yeah. you didn't want to like shame him I just wanted him to put on a clean shirt exactly yeah 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 yeah, yeah. no but your dad was a great guy like I really mm-hmm. loved your dad mm-hmm. yeah and I you know I think I really loved having conversations with him like he was a really interesting guy yeah yeah really good well, conversationalist yeah, he was a great conversationalist. I mean, and one of my happiest memories is, you know, that habit of like saying goodnight to each other. Like basically right. before we, any of us would go to bed, we would just like, you know, he'd come sit in our room or more often we'd sit in his room and just talk for 10 or 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. And it was like a great habit. And like already Zoe and I kind of do that. And Zoe says like, oh, I just, let's just talk for a few minutes. And that, that's great. That was, I think those are some of my best memories. Yeah. No. And I do that with my kids too now. So yeah, it's, that's cool. It, it's a cool, um, you know, part of his legacy. Yeah, for sure. All right, listeners. Well, thank you very much uh, for listening. Uh, I just want to remind you before we sign off that if you can rate us and write a review, no matter how short on iTunes, that would be super useful. You can also write us an email and we will read it and answer it on the on the air if you have any questions what's our email address jbear it's two brothers rocky jbear at gmail.com that's it thank you both thanks so much h for yeah thanks Alan. talking this was, this was great thank thank talking you. about our dad sure thank you for inviting me and that's it for another episode of the two brothers one dad dead podcast thanks for listening Call you tomorrow if I live. Love to you both. And love to Lynn. And love to Zoe. Bye bye. Now I don't know how to turn this off.